Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I run at Giant Dwarf in Redfern, with support from the City of Sydney. This week, scientist and co-creator of wolf comedy, Bish Marzouk. Hi everyone. Uh, Before we begin, um, uh, I should just tell you a little bit about myself. First of all, I'm not four years old. Uh, (laughs) For those listening at home. Um, uh, the truth is my metabolism runs on helium Uh, I was the inspiration for the movie Up that joke makes no sense but I love it Um, okay so something else about myself Uh, I'm an immigrant um, but I'm not one of those bad immigrants right um, uh, as Maeve said, uh, I'm a scientist and a comedian, um, so I'm not stealing anyone's job. <laughs> I love how you're clapping for my future, <laughs> which is sad and dire. Um, But uh, luckily for me, um, and surprisingly to many Australians, uh, my English is actually very good. Um, So so I'm allowed to write for lefty, latte-soaked rags like SBS, um, which is how I pay my rent. Um, But speaking of excellent English, um, has everyone heard about the Australian government's new plan um, for their uh, citizenship and immigration laws? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty fucked. Um, but one of the things is they're going to put in a new English test um, before you can become an Australian citizen. They're making the test harder. Um, but you know what the title of the webpage on the Department of um, uh, Immigration and Border Protection says about this English test? Um, it says that uh, applicants must have proficient English. Sorry, but you can't have proficient English. You can be be proficient in English or speak English proficiently. <laughs> but proficient English, like a non-racist way of saying you don't like brown people, is something you can't just have. Anyway, uh, everything that I know about the English language is because of my father. Uh, My father is a brown, Sri Lankan, proudly Muslim man. And I feel like there's a lot of talk about immigration and 
educating people on Australian values um, and irrational fear of people that like look like my father at the moment. Um, so I'd like to talk to you about him a little. My father would never explain the meaning of English words to me. I'm not sure if this was because English was his second language or because he just couldn't be bothered explaining what words like precocious or exacting were to me, even though I was probably the literal definition of both. <laughs> so whenever I'd go to him with a book or movie containing a word or phrase I didn't understand, he'd point me to a dictionary for its definition. Um, I learned what the word prostitute meant, um, <laughs> even though I was actually trying to look up Protestant. Um, and, and then I was very confused about Christianity for a while. Um, but this isn't, this isn't a joke about sex workers or anything, it's just about the equalizing force of dictionaries. Um, you know, some people learn, to the world, learn about the world through like Mad Magazine and I had my dictionary. Um, I resented my father for the longest time for making me truly comprehend the weight of words. Like literally he made me carry a dictionary to school every day. But I think he soon started to resent himself for it because I started to use those words against him. I had my first taste of war and feminist victory when at age 12 my father berated me for not wearing my headscarf properly while praying. He was a proud Muslim man and he was trying to raise a proud Muslim family and explained that the headscarf, especially during prayer, was to be worn for modesty. I didn't have to wear it all the time and you know, uh, no woman in my family did, but prayer was different. See, he said while pointing to his own head um, where he was wearing a small prayer cap usually worn by Muslim men when visiting a mosque or praying. Think of like a fez but smaller. Men have to be modest during prayer too, he said. And I remember giving him the side eye. <laughs> yeah, it's modest, I said. So modest, I can see half your hair poking out from beneath it. It's not covering anything. And so I was allowed to wear the modest prayer cap instead of a headscarf over my shoulder-length <laughs> hair from then on. Yeah, my father had taught me well, and now he was paying the price. <laughs> I was just happy because I was finally allowed to wear the thing that boys could, um, and it was around the time of my life when I started desperately wishing I could be one. It was also my first taste of the power of words and of bending them to my will. My father had taken the master's tools and had ensured I'd know just how to use them. Many years ago, um, when I came out to my mother, uh, as being interested in women, um, and by that I mean interested sexually. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not like interested platonically or, or artistically, um, which is apparently like a big deal. Uh, someone told me really recently that he didn't, um, he didn't read women writers. Um, and so I sent him an email saying, fuck off and die. <laughs> he hasn't responded to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, when, I, uh, when I told her that, you know, I, I thought that I was interested in women, um, she responded by asking me if it, if it was because I thought 
that men went into me, <laughs> or that because I thought they didn't find me attractive. Um, and this was when I realized that everyone had their own little personal dictionary with what words meant to them. Um, like how free speech means very different things to different people. <laughs> uh, and so my mother had obviously got hers from like a frat house definition. <laughs> I guess what it means to be a lesbian. But what I should have done is I should have come out to my dad instead. So um, when my brother graduated from university, uh, many years ago, he sat them down um, and he told them that he no longer believed in God. And my father became incredibly upset um, and after a few hours of arguing, my brother stormed out of his apartment, leaving me to deal with my um, distraught parents. And my father turned to me and he said, you know, if he'd said that he was gay, that would be okay. <laughs> because you can't control who you're attracted to, but you can choose to believe in God and he's just being difficult. <laughs> and I suppose my dad's personal dictionary had an entry from a, uh, you know, Lady Gaga born this way definition <laughs> of queer theory, but it was good enough for me. And I was surprised, proud, and sad all at the same time. My father would never understand atheism, but I knew many atheists would never understand him either. At the same time that I too started to not fully believe in God, um, I also started to not believe in the other bad G word, gender. I started identifying as genderqueer and got a tattoo, my first visible one, on my forearm. It was an homage to Ziggy Stardust, <laughs> a genderqueer icon to myself and many others. When I visited my parents in Sri Lanka for the first time after I got it, uh, my father had a lot to say as I had feared. Tattoos are extremely taboo in Islam um, and Sri Lankans in general don't look too fondly on them either. The first thing he asked was, is it reversible? <laughs> um, technically, yes. I said um, it was, but it would cost many times more than getting the actual tattoo itself. And I knew this would resign him to the possibility of its permanence. Um, even as a 70-year-old, my dad will cling on to the side of a packed Colombo bus um, rather than pay 100 rupees, which is roughly one Australian dollar, um, to hire a tuk-tuk and travel in relative peace. So then he wanted to know what it meant. My father, the English teacher, the owner of multiple thesauri, was asking me for a definition. As tempting as it was to make my dad listen to ours of Bowie, I didn't choose that route. I asked him why he wanted to know. It was a personal symbol I'd chosen for myself, and that was all it was ever intended to be, but it was also raising a lot of eyebrows, especially among my relatives. Why do you need to know, I asked, defensively holding my arm and ready to hop on the next flight back to Sydney in case things got ugly. Because I have to teach everyone else, he said, defiantly. I can't let them say things about you they don't understand. My father had done his best to teach me, to help me navigate a world he knew I wouldn't understand and one that wouldn't understand me. And it had served me well. 
but I finally realized that it was now my turn. Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.